Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. If you have your Bibles, we're just going to jump into this thing. We're going to be going to 2 Kings 5, 2 Kings 5, verses 1 through 14. And so uh, I'm going to give you the name of the sermon, but first I want to read uh, this scripture Uh, from 2 Kings 5, and I'm actually going to take the time just to read verses 1 through 14. I'm actually going to be coming uh, out of the CSB version, so follow along if you can. If not, just listen uh, to the Word of God as I read it over you. This is what it says, Naaman, commander of the army for the king of Aram, was a man important to his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man was a valiant warrior but he had a skin disease. Aram had gone on raids and brought back from the land of Israel a young girl who served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his skin disease. So Naaman went and told his master what the girl from the land of Israel had said. Therefore the king of Aram said, Go, and I will send a letter with you to the king of Israel. So he went and took with him 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. He brought the letter to the king of Israel, and it read, When this letter comes to you, note that I have sent you my servant Naaman for you to cure him of his skin disease. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and asked, Am I God, killing and giving life that this man expects me to cure a man of his skin disease? Recognize that he is only picking a fight with me. When Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent a message to the king. Why have you torn your clothes? Have him come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elijah's house. Then Elijah sent him a messenger who said, Go wash seven times in the Jordan. A little bit of something about a pool right there, Robbie. Uh, Go wash seven times in the Jordan, and your skin will be restored, and you will be clean. But Naaman got angry and left, saying, I was telling myself, he will surely come out, stand and call on the name of the Lord as God, and wave his hand over the place and cure the skin disease. Aren't Abada and Farpar the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be clean? So he turned and left in a rage. But his servants approached and said to him, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more should you do do it when he only tells you, Wash and be clean? So Naaman went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times according to the command of the man of God. Then his skin was restored and became like the skin of a small boy, and he was clean. God, thank you so much for your word. God, the power that you give us in this word. God, today as we jump in, God, may our hearts and our minds be open to everything that you have for us. God, right now, may we make room for all that you have for us, God. 
God, whatever we came in these doors with, God, may they be gone. May we lay it down at your feet, and may we walk out of here today changed by the power of a holy God. So, God, be with us in these next few minutes as we dive into your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, so there's the word. I don't usually read 14 verses. Like, y'all had to look at my bald head for like a whole 14 verses there. I never looked up. I don't typically do that, but I just think this story is so powerful. And if I had to give this sermon a title, this is what it would be. We've all got a spot. We've all got a spot, all right? And so we look here. I'm going to kind of break those 14, 15 verses down. But the first thing I want to look at and understand that we're in here today, you've got a spot. And I don't know what it is, but we're going to look and tell you, and then we're going to go ahead and give you the end. There's hope for your spot. Amen. And so I want to look at Naaman's life just a second. So we're going to jump back up to verse number one. And it says this, Naaman, commander of the army for the king of Aram, was a man important to his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man was a valiant warrior. All right, so I I don't know about you, but I'm looking at this story, and I'm looking at the life of Naaman, and I just see here that Naaman's a pretty big deal. Would you agree with that? Like, I I don't have any spots in the Bible, but if I did, like, I I, I would, this would be a pretty cool description of me, right? We see he's, he's a commander of the king's army. He's important to his master. He's highly regarded by the king. He's victorious in battle, and he's a valiant warrior. Like, like I like that description. Everything is good right there. Like, in, in today's world, Naaman would be a big deal. He had success. He had status. People wanted to meet him. People wanted to shake his hand. People wanted to hang out with him. People wanted to be like him. He had plenty of popularity. All right, if we want to take it to today, he had a lot of followers. He was an influencer, if you will. I deal with kids a lot, okay? He was an influencer. Like, he, he had all the things that you could want, money in the banking account, cars in the garage, cattle in the field, you name it, a nice retirement account. Naaman had it. He had all of these things. But then at the end of verse 1, it says what? But he had a skin disease. But he had a spot. Like, you you can just see Naaman coming home from battle. Like, man, he's been victorious. He's like, he's, he's, he's handled business. He comes home. He starts to remove his armor. And I don't know, man, I feel like Naaman is like a pretty confident dude. All right, go, I mean, like, I feel like, I feel like he's a confident guy. And so this is, this is like, sometimes you have to just get in my brain for a second, okay? I'm sorry if y'all got to go there with me, but just get in my brain for a second. Like, I see Naaman coming home, a confident guy, just won a battle that day, just took care of some people, whipped a little tail. I mean, like, he, 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 it was a good day. And he gets home, and he starts to remove the, the armor, the battle clothes, 
he's probably, I don't know what, but, but I, for some reason, like, I see Naaman, like, staring in the mirror. You know what I'm saying? He's, like, flexing a little bit. Yeah, come on, dudes. You know y'all do that. Come on. Like, he, he's flexing a little bit, right? He's, he's, he, he removes the, the, the armor, and he's staring in the middle. Of the, who's the man? He's like, Naaman, you're the man. Like, he's telling himself that, right? And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the flex, it doesn't say this. This is not in verse 1. I'm just giving you the J-Web translation. He, like, starts to flex, and he's like, what is that? And he notices something. He notices something. He looks in the mirror, and what he sees is a spot. One little area on his skin, and everything began to change. One little spot in the mirror, and I can just see him. Like he sees this spot, and he goes and he gets a, I don't know if they had rags, whatever they had, a cloth, and he starts to wipe it and try to wipe the spot away. One little spot, and man, this valiant warrior, this commander, this guy that had it all, and this one little spot brings on this panic in his life because he knows that there's nothing he can do about it. He tries to cover it up. He tries to wash it off. He tries to wish it away. He tries to hide it. He thinks about it, and it just does not go away. It's a spot. And I don't know if you know this, but in Scripture, leprosy, a skin disease, this one spot is a representation of sin. Of sin. It's a metaphor for sin. And, and is that not what sin does sometimes? It's this one little spot that creeps into your life. Man, everything is looking great. Everything is good, man. Life seems so good. And then all of a sudden, this little spot, it's a spot of bitterness. It's a spot of unforgiveness. It's a spot of anxiety. It's a spot of anger. And we let it get in there, and we just know that we can't do nothing about it, and we try to cover it up, and we try to run from it, and we try to go as far away from it, and we just keep hoping it away, and we never handle it, and we never turn it over to God, and it begins to spread because that's what leprosy does. Is that one little spot, and we try to cover it up, and it just continues to spread. Man, we've all got a spot. We may shine in the boardroom, but be absent in our living room. We may be a rock star at balancing the budget, but we can't stop overeating. We may be able to communicate from thousands to thousands from a stage, but not be able to successfully communicate to the ones we love the most. We may, look, we may serve and look great in the open places, but we can't keep off our eyes off of things that we shouldn't in the secret spaces. I'm just saying we've got a spot. We've all got a spot. And all I want you to know, man, I've got, I'm not preaching at you. Man, I've got spots. I've got spots. Man, I can let anxiety creep in. I lost my dad at 55 years old. And, man, the devil will use that 
and be like, man, is, is that, is that going to be you? You're going to leave your family? Or, man, the devil will use that one little spot. And, man, it'll start to spread and overtake my life before I know it, man. Let me tell you something. I am a, you're going to say amen right here. I am a stress eater. Amen. Like, you put some stress, a spot in my life, and I can go through a gallon of bluebell like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got some spots. God forbid not going to buttered utter. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, I just, like, but do you get what I'm saying, man? We've, we've got spots, man. I've got spots in my life. Listen, golly, my spot. Competition brings the worst out in me. And I've seen some of you at ball fields, and I know it brings the worst out of you too. Don't be trying to act holy right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, like competition. Man, I'll be in the middle of a battle, in the middle of competition. It don't even matter. Like, I'm playing pickup basketball with a bunch of old men. And all of a sudden, this spot turns into anger. This spot causes me to do something or say something that's just dumb. It's a spot. We've all got a spot. And it may not seem like much to you, but if you just keep ignoring it, you just keep trying to cover it up, you just keep trying to wash it away or wish it away, man, it just keeps spreading. And so number one, we've all got a spot. Number two, there's hope for our spot. Amen? There's hope for our spot. As we, as we dig into this a little bit more, I, I don't know exactly how this went down, but, but, maybe, but maybe Naaman noticed the spots and he tells his wife about it. And he's like, babe, I got this. I don't know what's going on, man. I whipped some people today on the battlefield, but I came home, and there's this little spot. I'm not sure, but somewhere along the way, this little servant girl overhears the conversation. She, she overhears what's going on. Somehow she found out about the spot, and I love the faith of this nameless girl right here. I don't know if you picked up on this when I was reading through it, but it says this. It says, if only my master would go to the prophet who is in Samaria. I love this. I love this wording. It says, he would cure him of his skin disease. Now, now I don't know about you, but like, do, do you see the faith in this little servant girl right here? It wasn't this, it wasn't this thought, the servant girl didn't say, man, you know what, hey, Naaman, go give it a shot. Hey, hey, Naaman, man, listen, if you will just go down to this prophet, maybe, perhaps, your skin disease would be healed. No, 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 what the servant girl say? You will be cured of your skin disease. Man, man, look, we can just pause there for a second and just pray for the faith of the servant girl. Amen? I don't know what you're going through right now, but I'm just telling you, he is able to cure you of whatever the spot is. He is able to take it away. We just got to go take it to him. There's hope for your spot, and it's found when we take it to our Heavenly Father. Our hope is found in our obedience. Let me say that again. Our hope is found in our obedience. 
Let, let me tell you how I know that this skin disease was a big deal to Naaman. Or this sin disease was a big deal to Naaman. This servant girl says, hey, you should go down to the prophet. Naaman, who has some status, we've already discovered that, Naaman doesn't question the girl not one bit. He, he doesn't say, what are you talking about? You're just a servant girl. He, he doesn't question the girl. She says, hey, you should go down and this prophet will cure you of your skin disease. And I love this. I bolded it on my notes right here. It says this, so Naaman went. That's how we knew it was a problem. That's how you know the spot was a big deal to Naaman. He dropped everything he was doing and he went. He didn't, he didn't just only go. It says that he took all of these things with him. He got permission from the king. He took 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, 10 sets of clothing. Like, dude, he was ready to get healed. And so he went. It sounds to me like Naaman was hopeless and maybe even a little desperate. Here's what I know. And Corey had no idea what I was going to preach about this morning, maybe, maybe besides the couple notes. But I've got this underline right here in my notes. I believe we find our hope and our healing when we walk in total surrender. When we say, I surrender all. I surrender all. God, I mean, I have got something in my life that I can't take away on my own. There's something right now that's is, is bogging me down, is keeping me back, and I can't do it, and I just surrender all. In this moment, Naaman said, I'm gone. I'll go. Whatever you need me to do, I'm so desperate, right? I, I wrote this, comfortable people don't need Jesus. Desperate people do. Comfortable people don't need Jesus, desperate people do. And I believe Naaman was desperate in this moment. And he says, I don't care what it takes. I don't care how much money it takes. I don't care how many cattle i got to give up. I will go and I will surrender all that I have so that this spot will go away in my life. Whole people don't need Jesus. Hopeless people do. Naaman was hopeless. Therefore, he did exactly what the servant girl said. He said, let's go. Whatever it is, whatever it is, man, God, I'm just here to tell you, God wants to take care of your spots. I don't have to keep saying, you know what it is. I know what it is for me. God wants to take care of it. But I'm telling you, I don't know who said it earlier, you come down and you say, here it is, Lord. I surrender, and then you pick it right back up with you and take it back. That ain't surrender. It's not surrender. God just wants us to say, here it is. I don't know how you're going to handle it. I don't know what you're going to do with it. I don't know what it looks like. But, God, here it is. I've got a spot. I've got a sin disease. I've got something. And, God, I just want to give it to you because I know that I can't handle it on my own. There's hope for our spot. But you got to quit running from it. you got to quit ignoring it. you got to quit trying to cover it up. You, gotta run, you can't run away from it, but you got to run towards the feet of Jesus and say, here it is, Lord. You take it, and you do with it what only you can do with it. There's hope for our spots. I had a little side note right here. 
I have a feeling that this little girl heard about the skin disease because she was serving. Now, 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 now you may, it, it may not, this just jumped off the page to me. Maybe, maybe she was mopping the floors and she overheard Naaman tell his wife about the spot. Maybe she was putting dinner on the table and she heard Naaman tell his wife about the spot. I don't know exactly what she was doing. It doesn't say, but I just kind of have a feeling that she was doing what the servant girl was doing, and that was to serve. And I'm just saying what, what that said to me was, man, it's oftentimes that we find the healing in the middle of the serving. It's oftentimes that we find the surrender in the middle of the serving. And so I don't know what your spot is, but I'm just saying keep serving. Keep being humble. Keep doing what God has called you to do. And it's in the middle of that that we will find our miracle. Amen. That side note, that really ain't got a lot to do with your spot. I'm just saying keep serving, and God's going to do some major things in your life. Amen. So we've all got a spot. There's hope for our spot. Number three. Our miracle may not look like what we expect it to look like. That's a lot of, that's a lot of words. Like, listen, if y'all know me, this was hard for me, okay? Because I'm, I'm, I'm a little type A, and I'm way illiterate. Like, not like illiterate. I like alliteration. And so this is like a big point to me. It doesn't start with the same letter as all the other points, you know? So it was hard, but like this, this, is, this is the only way I could get this out. Our miracle may not look like what we expect it to look like. Here's what it says. It says, so he went and took with him 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. He brought the letter to the king of Israel, and it read, When this letter comes to you, note that I have sent you my servant Naaman for you to cure him of his skin disease. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and asked, Am I God killing and giving life that this man expects me to cure a man of his skin disease? Mm. You ever felt like that before where somebody's just coming to you and you know you can't handle it? You just get too much on you? That's a side note. We can preach that another day. Recognize that he is only picking a fight. I want to pause right there for a second. Not only will our miracle may not look like what we expect it to look like, our miracle may not be where we expect it to be. You see, Naaman, when the little girl said, you need to go down and see the prophet, Naaman went to the person with the position. Naaman went straight to the king. And the king's like, what do you want me to do with it? I don't have the power. Amen? Hear that. Hear that. Sometimes we go straight to the person with the position, but we don't go to the guy with the power. Amen? Naaman went to the guy with the position, but he didn't go to the guy with the power. You see what I'm saying? Like sometimes our miracle may not be where we think it's going to be. We got to not think about position, and we got to go to the person with the power. So it says, when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent a message to the king. Why have you torn your clothes? Have him come to me, and he will know that there's a prophet in Israel. I love, just picture this. Man, Naaman's ready for his miracle. He went to the person with the position. He took all the money he could think about taking. He took his horses, his chair. Like He was ready to get his miracle. 
And so he goes, and the king's like, dude, I ain't got nothing for you, bro. I don't know if that's how he said it or not, but that's kind of what I think he said. I ain't got nothing for you, bro. You better go see somebody else. And so Naaman went, and I, and I love this picture right here. Naaman came with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elisha's house. Now check this. I think I'd be mad right here. It says, then Elisha sent a messenger who said, go wash seven times in the Jordan and your skin will re- be restored and you will be clean. Like Elisha didn't even go up to the door. Think about it. Naam- Naaman's ready to get his healing. Re- Naaman's ready to take care of his spot. He goes to the king. king's like, I ain't got you, bro. Then he goes to Elijah, and Elijah's like, dude, I ain't got time for you. Here's my messenger. Like, like y'all see what's going on right there? I'm like, dude, what's going on? Like, the miracle may not look like what we expect it to look like. But check this. But Naaman got angry and left, saying, this is very important right here, I thought... My translation says, I was telling myself. Hold on, let me stop right there. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me. I was telling myself he will surely come out, stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and cure the skin disease. Y'all see what's going? Like, Naaman's expectation and experience are not matching up. Can I say that again? Naaman's expectation is not matching up with his experience. Therefore, he's getting angry and is about to pitch a fit. I'm just saying, sometimes our miracle may not be what we think it's going to be. Don't put expectations on God. You just walk in obedience and surrender and let God do what only God can do. Amen? Like, hey, my expectation and my experience may not always match up. I was telling myself, I thought it was going to look like this. My daddy always said when I said, Daddy, I thought... He would always say, boy, that's what you get for thinking, right? My thinking ain't always good, right? I'm going to walk in all that God has for me. Here's the thing. If Elijah would have come out and told Naaman he could buy his miracle, Naaman would have jumped on it. If Elijah would have told Naaman to take a thousand troops to battle and fight for his miracle, Naaman would have went. If, if, if Elijah had told Naaman to go take on a bear or a lion with his bare hands, I'm pretty convinced Naaman would have went, but he said, go wash in the nasty Jordan River. And when he said that, it was not what Naaman was expecting, and he walked away and almost missed out on his miracle. He threw a tantrum. I'm just saying, the miracle may not look like what you think it's going to look like. I'll never forget. Man, I announced my calling to preach at 19 years old. I had an expectation of what ministry was going to look like. 
man, I'm telling everybody I'm a preacher. God's called me into this. Somebody's surely going to see this guy and think, we want him on our church staff. Come on. I mean, you know. And for 10 years, man, I preached. And I did bivocational ministry. And I served. And I just went. And I did whatever God asked me to do. And I just served. And the whole time, I was killing bugs for a living. I was just bug killer. Like, God, this is not what I thought it was going to be. You called me into the ministry. And finally, 10 years Really 12, 13 years after this call in the, in, into ministry, God put this FCA vehicle in my life. And I'll never forget saying yes to that, but it was only a couple months into it where I finally had that church come say, hey, Jay, we got you a position. Guess what it comes with? A salary. I have to raise my own support in FCA. I'm a full-time missionary. Here I am. I'm like, man, God, I've been trying to do this thing for 10 years, and then you, you call me into FCA, and now you want to put this dangle, this salary in front of my face? Like you want, you want to say, okay, here's your chance? And I'll never forget my experience and my ex- expectation. Well, it was not lining up. I was confused. I didn't know what to do. All of a sudden, God is like, oh, this is it, church ministry. This is your ministry in the local church. And I'll never forget the, the stress, the pain, the, the, the confusion, and I turned that job down. And I think, man, what if I'd have took it? What if I'd have went with what I thought it should look like? What ministry would I have missed out on if I'd have went with what I thought should have happened? And so all I'm saying is don't get your experience and your expectations, don't get them confused because it may not look like what you think it's supposed to look like. Number four. Thank God for people who bring us back to our miracle. Thank God for people who bring us back to our miracle. It says, but it's serving. I see this. Elisha sent the messenger to the door. Hey, cool, man. I know you got skin disease. Go wash in the, go, go wash in the Jordan seven times. You're good. Name is like, no, dog, that ain't what was supposed to happen here. And he gets mad and he gets angry and he pitches a fit. He says, this is not what it's supposed to look like. And, like, I can see it, like, storming off. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I can see him, like, mad and angry and storming off. And he's walking away from his miracle. But we pick up right here, and it says this, But his servants approached him and said to him, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, you would have done it. How much more should you do it when he only tells you to wash and be clean? Like, think about that. If Naaman had not have had these people in his life, he would have walked away from his miracle. He would have pitched a fit right on out of the miracle that God had for him. But I'm just saying, man, surround yourself with people that will bring you back to the miracle. Amen? Surround yourself with people that will bring you back to the miracle. He said, man, if he'd have told you to buy it, if he'd have told you to do some great thing, you would have done it. But you, all he said was wash and be clean. So Naaman went down, dipped himself in the Jordan seven times according to the command of the man of God. Then his skin was restored. I'll never forget the time I was done with ministry done 
burnt out. Listen, I, I wasn't an old dude. I was 22, 23 years old. We had just tried a church plant that failed miserably. I was hurt. I was bitter. I was angry. I was done with ministry altogether. Done. We went to look for churches, and literally, this, is, this was the criteria. It needs to be big so I can hide out, and nobody knows who I am. I, I just, I'm done. I want to go somewhere where I can hide out, and nobody knows who I am. Don't ask me to preach. Don't ask me to teach. Don't ask me to serve. I want to come in. I want to sit on the back row. I want to leave. I don't want to shake hands with nobody. I'm done. 22 years old, done. And I'll never forget some friends that saw a calling on my life and said, hey, we got this little small group, college-age kids. Can, can, you, can you at least just lead the small group? And we know God's got a calling on your life. Can you just lead these few college-age kids? And quite honestly with you, I wanted to say no. I wanted to be done. But it was in that yes that God opened up this life of ministry that I've given my life to that got me right back into ministry where here I am 15 years later fulfilled and walking in the abundant life that God called me to. But I almost walked away. And I'm so thankful for the people in my life that said, God's not done with you yet. God's not, it's, it's right there. Jay, it's right there. Just wash and be clean. Just say yes. Find people in your life that will get you to your yes. Let me say that again. Find people in your life that will get you to your yes. I love the lyrics of this song, and, and Corey, you can come on up. I'm not going to sing this because I'm not gifted like John and Corey, where I can sing in my message. You would not like that. But this is the lyrics from a song called Running to the Light. You can have my yes with no exception. I'm laying down my rights to second guessing. You can have my yes. I'm giving you my fear of never knowing whatever's coming next. I know you've got me. You can have my yes. I'm giving you my dreams and my ambitions. Your presence is my prize and provision. I'll answer when you ask. Oh, who could come against me if you are for me? Because even in the fire, I know you've got me. I'm giving you my yes again. Naaman's servants loved him too much to watch anger and rage cause him to miss his miracle. They brought him back to the yes and into the Jordan River. And it was there where he found restoration and healing. I love this part of the story. 
It says that he was restored. Hear this. Then his skin was restored and became like the skin of a small boy. Hear that. Some translation says, like the skin of a baby. Here's what I want you to understand. We've all got a spot. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are. I don't know what your spot is. But I know that God wants your yes so that he can take, take, help you take care of your spot. But not only does he want to take care of your spot, he wants to bring you to a place of restoration and newness like you've never experienced before. You see that? I don't want you to miss out on what was happening right there. Not only was his spot gone, it says that he was restored to better than before. I don't know what your spot is. If it's a spot of bitterness, if it's a spot of anger, if it's a spot of anxiety, but I'm just saying God is asking you for your yes to walk down into the Jordan River, to dip seven times, and when God gets a hold of you, he doesn't just get it back to where it was. He gets it back to better than it ever was before. Don't miss that. God doesn't want to just take it away. He wants to restore you to a place that you've never been before. He wants to restore your marriage. He wants to restore your finances. He wants to restore your broken relationships. He wants to restore your attitude. He wants to restore your health. He wants to set you free from addiction. He wants to set you free from lust. He wants to set you free from depression and anxiety. You just got to walk down and dip your toes in the Jordan River and say, God, here it is. Take it. I can't do anything with it anymore. You make it better than it's ever been before. But we simply have to say, yes, I'll go walk. And so I don't, I don't know. I'm a guest here. But I just want to sing a, a verse of I surrender or, or make room or whatever it is. And maybe you're here today and you've got a spot. And it's time that you take your spot to the spot remover. The spotless lamb of God. And say, God, I've been trying to handle this on my own, and I just keep trying to cover it up, and it's getting bigger, and it's getting out of control, and I don't know what to do with it anymore. I can't stop looking at that. I can't stop eating that. I can't stop thinking that way. I can't stop it. I can't stop it. And God, I just want it to stop spreading. And if that's you, this morning is the morning that you walk down here, and you dip in the Jordan River seven times and say, God, it's yours. Take it and make it better than it ever was before. If that's you, we're going to stand, we're going to sing a song, we're going to open that up. These altars are open. God, you are so good. Thank you that you are the spot remover. God, this morning, we give it to you. God, wash us and make us better than we ever were before. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. 
At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.